All right, so now it is my great, great, great honor to introduce a friend of mine who I first met almost three years ago thanks to my friend Slater, Preston Slater in the back. Slater, raise your hand. Slater brought me over to Grace Life Church where I met Pastor Joe Davis three years ago. He has fed me with food and nourished my soul with the word of God every Sunday since then. This man has been an incredible, incredible light in my life. So I'm absolutely honored to introduce my friend, Pastor Joe Davis, to the, to the stage. Thanks, buddy. All right. I love being here. I think y'all did that on purpose, didn't you? I got it, I got it. I'm a pro, I got this. All right. It's good to be with you guys tonight. Um, <clears throat> the last time I was here, <clears throat> I took about 20 minutes just to tell you guys how much I love you. Do you guys remember that? Some of you might remember that. Well, because of that, I've earned the right to be a little harder on you tonight, if that's okay. But it's, but it's also out of love. So tonight I have a message that I want to call Recovery Jesus versus King Jesus. So it's a good thing, I think, that I've, I've noticed that it seems like in Sarasota that Jesus is a significant part of our recovery community in this town. And I'm really thankful for that. I'm glad like the number one higher power isn't a tree. I'm glad it's Jesus. And for the most part, <clears throat> those of you here tonight have made Jesus your higher power in your recovery journey, and that's a great thing. However, I, the, oh, there we go. I've been pondering the possibility that there is a difference between recovery Jesus and King Jesus. Is it possible that some of us have chosen a version of Jesus that differs from the real one for purposes of convenience? Have some people created what I'm going to call recovery Jesus because he fits your desires and has different rules or requirements than the actual King Jesus? <clears throat> So as I've been a part of this precious recovery community, which you guys know, I think you know this, I love the recovery community in our town. I love it, okay? So as I've been a part of this recovery community, I have noticed how some people misunderstand what it means to truly follow Jesus. And I'm concerned that by maybe following a version of Jesus that doesn't really exist, that you may ultimately be let down by that power. Does that make sense? I have to read a verse for you in Mark chapter 3, verses 7 to 12. Just kind of, you can follow along with me. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed him from Galilee and Judea, and from Jerusalem and Idumea, and from beyond the Jordan, and from around Tyre and Sidon. When the great crowd heard all that Jesus was doing, he was doing miracles and cool stuff, they all came to him. But he told his disciples to have a boat ready because of the crowd, lest they crush him. For he had healed so many so that all who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. And he strictly ordered them 
not to make him known. So what we see here, there are these massive crowds. A huge crowd is following Jesus, and based upon simple geography, we can estimate that the crowd, and this, is a, this would be a massive crowd in, in the first century, it's tens of thousands of people. It's a throbbing, teeming, desperate mob that just wants to connect with Jesus because they hear that he might be able to help them with some sort of miracle that could change and transform their life. All kinds of people are streaming out of the surrounding regions just to associate with Jesus. And why? Because he has healing power. Sick people, people with mental illness, people struggling with depression, demon possession, viral illnesses, even though they didn't know they were viruses back then. <clears throat> Some people had birth deformities, dehabilitating injuries. Many had addictions. It was any and every kind of broken human condition you can imagine. They're all coming from all around and they just want to meet with Jesus who definitely has the power to heal them. But Jesus organizes what seems to be a cruel retreat. So Jesus knows this crowd is coming, yet he tells his disciples to secretly, while no one else is looking, get a boat ready so they can escape the crowd. Doesn't this seem kind of cruel to you? Jesus plotting to leave people who just wanted to be healed. And he's getting ready to leave them unhealed, uncalled, and unchanged. I mean, think about it. With just his word, right, Jesus could declare, all of you sick people, you're healed. The rest of you that are hungry, here's food for life. You addicts, you are rescued from your addiction. Demons, get out. Injured, you're made whole. Everyone, all of you, you're all good and you're all saved. Go and be happy. Wouldn't that just make sense? Jesus could do that really easy and then get on the boat. But guys, that's not what he does. He certainly could have healed all of them totally, instantly, if he wanted to. But he doesn't want to. He wants to leave. Is this passage troubling for you? Why would Jesus do that? It doesn't seem like the Jesus we assume we know, does it? Is it possible that this story teaches us something we may not know about Jesus that we think we do? Maybe he isn't who we think he is in our minds. But I want you to see the real followers. <clears throat> so the first wrong assumption we make, it's easy to assume that this large crowd were all genuine followers of Jesus. But was that truly the case? In fact, I think based upon how Jesus departed from them in secret, I think it's safe to assume most of them didn't truly want to follow Jesus, and he probably knew that. If Jesus had met all their needs in grand fashion, here's my question for you. Would they have been willing to give up everything they hold precious in this life and follow him anywhere? 
And more importantly, how many of them would be willing to die if necessary for the cause that he was calling them to be a part of? This thing that Jesus was preaching. Look, they and, and you and us, they weren't wrong in seeking healing. There's nothing wrong with that. We want to be healed. That's, that's natural. But I think it's pretty doubtful that most of the crowd there wanted anything more than something they could get from Jesus. They probably wanted a miracle. They probably needed it and they knew it. But I don't think most of the crowd really wanted to know or follow the real Jesus. They wanted what Jesus could do for them. They weren't truly following Jesus. They weren't ready to forsake everything for him. They were just desperate to tap into his power. Sound familiar? They saw Jesus... Listen carefully, see if you can make some connections to recovery. Sometimes they saw Jesus as a means to an end rather than the King of Kings to whom they owe their complete allegiance and faithfulness. So by leaving the crowd on the shore, Jesus, you know what he's doing? He's setting the terms on who gets to know him, how they get to know them, and when, on his terms, not theirs. This is powerful stuff. This is what I wanna to talk to you a little bit about on this thing called, you know, I'm calling Jesus on his terms. Look at Matthew chapter seven, verses 21 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And many will say to me on that day, Lord, didn't we work the steps in your name? Okay, I inserted that, okay? That's the King Joey version. <laughs> didn't we do many mighty recovery works in your name? I inserted that, okay? And, but I'm just warning you ahead of time. That's not exactly what it is, but it's close, right? <laughs> then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. If you'll allow me to add, I left you on the shore. So today, there is still a massive crowd that wants Jesus on their terms, not his. They want Jesus to do something for them. They don't want to do much for Jesus. And I do see this a lot in recovery. Addicts who identify with Jesus... But just like people in the regular world, quote unquote, we skillfully manage the real cost of what it means to truly follow him, don't we? Many want Jesus to be a recovery genie. We only turn to him when we need help with our addiction. Maybe if we pray the right way or go to the right meetings the right number of times or say the right things and maybe then we might get some recovery wishes granted from the recovery genie. I see many claiming recovery Jesus on social media. I see them claiming recovery Jesus in meetings and etc. Now, I believe that people that are doing that, listen, I truly believe they want to be healed. 
I'm not doubting that at all. I mean, because addiction, let's be honest, sucks. It's costly, it's painful, it's destructive. Who wouldn't want to be healed from that? We want to be healed, though, sometimes, without fully committing to follow his teachings and commands. So if Jesus is your higher power and you want healing, but you're not ready yet to really follow him, then you have chosen recovery Jesus as your higher power. We want recovery Jesus, but don't take seriously some of the things he says that true followers will naturally want to pursue. Now listen, recovery Jesus, I gotta be careful when I say this, on a marketing level, <laughs> recovery Jesus can be quite a draw for those who are struggling with addiction. And so people who lead recovery ministries sometimes will put recovery Jesus out there even though he's not really real because he's attractive. I get that. And he could be a draw. And listen, I would even go so far as to say it's possible that sometimes recovery Jesus can help you be successful in earthly recovery. But the fact of the matter is recovery Jesus is a substitute for those who want the benefits of following Jesus without making him their true king of their lives. Recovery Jesus is for those who want to decide for themselves what will be off limits to Jesus and what isn't. Now listen, it is important to remember that true recovery comes from fully submitting to Jesus and following his teachings. Not, not just picking and choosing the parts that are convenient to your recovery schedule. If Jesus is to be your higher power, just like the people he left on the shore, if he's gonna be your true higher power, it's gonna be on his terms and not yours. Now watch this. I love and respect and appreciate the recovery traditions of NA, Celebrate Recovery, all those things. They're important and they're critical and they're crucial. So I want, I want to make sure you hear me say that. But sometimes, if we're following recovery, Jesus, we can elevate those traditions higher than Jesus himself. Do you think it's possible that recovery traditions can become our God? When they really should just be a tool to know God. I'm just gonna tell you this right now, all right? If King Jesus is your higher power, it's gonna have to be on his terms, and let me tell you something, his terms go a lot farther than the 12 steps ever will. Here's some examples, Matthew chapter eight, verse 21 and 22. And these are all metaphors, you understand, right? These are metaphors. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me go first and bury my father, and Jesus said to him, follow me, and leave the dead to bury their own. He wasn't saying you couldn't go to a funeral. What he's saying is, I'm more important than your family. Here's another one in Luke chapter nine, verse 61. <laughs> Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to those at my house. Jesus said to him, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back 
Anyone that does that is not fit for the kingdom of God. Another metaphor for leaving an escape hatch. Another one in Matthew 16, verses 24 and 25. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now I could spend an hour breaking down that passage for you. Don't worry, I'm not. But I think today, especially in recovery, I think there's many who think they follow Jesus, but they don't truly understand fully the meaning of this verse. But it really is straightforward. These verses use metaphorical language to refer to anything in your life that you may be unwilling to give up in order to truly follow and know King Jesus. You want some examples? Okay, you asked for it. Materialism. Immoral sexual relationships. Mm-mm. Anger. Bitterness. Resentment. Arrogance, even in recovery. Love of money. Laziness. Forsaking the gathering together with other followers of Jesus. All right, can I just say something even more controversial and maybe even more offensive? Like I haven't already, right? If recovery Jesus is your high power, all that's required for you to be successful is probably to go to meetings and work a program. But if King Jesus is your higher power, you will understand this. While recovery meetings are critical to your success, they're not even your most important meetings. I'm gonna say it again. While recovery meetings are critical to your success, they're not even your most important meetings. The most important meetings that a follower of Jesus can attend will be those with those who also follow King Jesus, whether they are in recovery or not. So are you feeling a little bit uneasy, wondering if, am I following this recovery Jesus or am I chilling with King Jesus? If you're nervous about it at all, if you're wondering which Jesus am I following, I'm gonna, here's the good news. That's a good sign that King Jesus is calling you to follow him. If you're worried about it at all, that's the spirit of God saying, hey, just one more step further, please. So that's a good thing. I want to stress I want to be careful when I say this, that your recovery on earth can still be successful with this made-up recovery, Jesus. And I, I want it to be. Look, if you're in recovery and all you have is recovery, Jesus, I don't want you to relapse. I want you to stay clean. I don't want you to use. I don't want you to die from overdose. I don't want you to destroy your family. I don't want you to burn your life to the ground. 
but as one who truly loves you, and that I really do, as one who truly loves you, you know what my biggest fear about recovery Jesus is? My greatest concern about recovery Jesus is like all the other higher powers that recovery Jesus isn't even real and he doesn't have the power to give you the most important type of recovery, eternal recovery. My fear is your story of recovery ends when you die and then nobody will hear about your recovery story forever in the kingdom of heaven because you followed the wrong Jesus. Okay, this is hard stuff, and I hope you're not mad at me, because you know I love you. I'm not some guy just coming in, uh, blowing into town, doesn't know who you are, and saying these tough things. I've, I think I've earned the right to say these things to you. My desire for you, my dear recovery family, I want to encourage you to take your recovery to a higher level and switch to King Jesus. That's what I want for you. This way, this way your recovery will last for eternity, not just for the duration of your life here on earth. I want you to consider leaving behind recovery, Jesus, and I want you to consider giving King Jesus unlimited, unconditional surrender of everything that recovery Jesus did not require of you. I listed some of them earlier. I won't go through them again. And why? Why do I want that? So that you will not be among those who are left behind on the shore. Like those who didn't really know the real Jesus. Jesus.